0: Not too, not too sure about that. A very good evening to you, Fun Seekers. Uh, a Wednesday, April the tenth, nineteen hundred and ninety-six. Something else just caught my eye too. When I went to uh, Chicago. Um, they, they did a lot of stupid things, and one of the stupid things that they did is they thought it would really be great if we had a presence at the Chicago uh, Auto Show, which is a really big event in Chicago. I mean, a gazillion people go. It's held at the McCormick place, and it's, it's, well, first of all, it's held in the dead of winter in February, and there's nothing else to do. And so like everybody goes there and they thought it would really be super fantastic to have the radio station broadcasting live at McCormick Place in Chicago right there on the lakefront so that this gazillion people can see us. There was only one minor itsy bitsy teeny weeny little problem and that is that most during most of our live broadcast day the auto show was closed. So we sat there in this cavernous place. I mean, you can't believe how, if you've never been inside of it, you just cannot believe how big McCormick Place is. And we sat there all by ourselves for most of the week. I came in tonight and I looked down and here's uh, the revised edition of April 1996, monthly planner for the radio station. And it has, you know, that so-and-so will be here at such and such a time, ta-da, ta by the way, I guess it's official now, 11.30 until 1.30 on Tuesday, the 16th. I will be at uh, McDonald's on uh, East Bay uh, East Bay Drive in Largo. But they also have me scheduled this coming Saturday at the uh, Airfest uh, thing. Well, strangely enough, I saw a little blurb in the newspaper this morning about the Airfest. And I've never been there. Hmm. Never really thought it was that much of a feeling like go look at warplanes but but anyway so I thought well I'll I'll read this little blurb and one of the things that I noticed is that the air show closes on Saturday at five o'clock I am scheduled to be there from three until six doing cut-ins what in the hell am I supposed to say after it's closed and it's finished and done with God, I hope they have hot dogs in any way. The only reason I agree to do it is I figure they probably have hot dogs, you know. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I can't go bowling, man. Well, I couldn't have gone bowling anyway. All I could have done was come and, you know, run up and get beer and stuff like that. I got a bad arm. I got a bad arm. I got bad knees. I doubt very much I could see far enough to, uh, I'm just old, you know. I'm old and, and I'm falling apart. Okay, that's not really what I came here to talk to you about tonight. What I came here to talk to you about tonight, I've got to be honest with you. I don't think you're going to want to talk to me about. So I'm going to tell you that in front. I don't really have much faith in my material. But nonetheless, I'm going to do it because it's important to me. It's something I feel like saying. And, uh, you know, basically, I'm, 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 going, to, I'm going to level with you. You can talk about whatever the hell you want to talk about. You don't have to talk about what I talked about, but I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about first. So there, it's my show. What your own show, send a tape and resume to uh, do opi-dopi and see what uh, he does with it. This morning starts off like most any other morning. Oh, actually, no, it didn't. I discovered a new problem in my life. Now that I've become addicted to the Internet, one of the key websites that I check out in the morning uh, wasn't working very well this morning. And it was almost the end of my life. I mean, you know, three weeks ago, uh, I didn't know anything about the Internet and nothing about this website. It wouldn't have phased me in the least, but this morning it almost caused a, a crisis. But anyway, uh, the website is USA Today. I, uh, I do not subscribe to the newspaper. There is a copy of it waiting for me here when I wander in, but it's, you know, it's, it's too late. And most of the time, frankly, I just toss it without even looking at it. But I've gotten into, uh, checking out their website. And I finally got it up and running this morning and was going through it. And lo and behold, guess who is back? Guess who is back? A guy that, uh, used to be the, uh, the butt of a lot of jokes, and rightfully so. A man who, uh, had a, a, a very unenviable job, but probably one that uh, he was fit for. Uh, I'm referring to none other than our, our illustrious former vice president under our former illustrious president, George Bush, Dan Quayle. Well, there's a picture of Dan Quayle in this big article interview right there in USA Today. And I don't know why, I decided to read it. I thought, let's see what the hell Dan has to say today. And it seems that the, the thrust, the purpose behind this was that uh, Dan has written a book. Oh, stop the presses. Uh, Dan has written a book, and so he invited the reporter and the photographer from USA Today into his humble abode out there in... Uh, uh, where does he live? Indianapolis? Suburban Indianapolis? He's an Indiana boy, right? I think so. God, everybody's from Indiana. Anyhow... And so I'm reading it. And, you know, let's, let's be honest about it. Dan's probably not a bad guy. I would probably like to have somebody like Dan Quayle for a neighbor. I would much rather have Dan Quayle for a neighbor than Jerry Garcia. I mean, Dale, you know, Dan probably brings his trash cans in as soon as the uh, guys come by and pick up the stuff uh, in the morning. And I'm sure he keeps his lawn nice and neat. And I'm sure he doesn't have a lot of wild, weird parties and that kind of stuff. And I'd probably like to have him for a neighbor. I like quiet neighbors. I don't want hip neighbors. I want quiet neighbors. And I probably, you know, probably get along with Dan as a neighbor. Hey, Dan, how you doing? Hi, Bob. Maybe he's not a tower of intellect. But he doesn't, you know, he's probably not really a bad guy. Dan, like a lot of other people... Oh, hi, Mark, how are you? Dan, like a lot of other people, suffers from an affliction known as conservative disease. And that is that he just doesn't get it. He lives in a little fantasy world. So I'm reading this article, this interview. And it uh, turns out that Dan's new book is about, guess what? Go on, take a guess. Come on, come on, come on. Play along with me, for God's sake. All right, can we slap you around? Yeah, family values. Right. Dan's written a book about family values. Of course, everyone is in favor of family values, aren't they? Sure, it's just that nobody knows what they are. Oh, it's kind of like that pornography thing, you know. I can't tell you what family values are, but when I see them, I, I know what they are. Well, Dan and his kind are, are very much in favor of family values, but they don't seem to understand that it's him and his kind who are most responsible for the decline in the family in this country it just never dawns on them but dan has written this book uh probably cost 25 30 bucks that will be purchased basically by other people who are very much like dan somewhat well off somewhat comfortable not really doing the bad awful things that they're complaining about and they will read this book to each other and uh Pontificate and pat themselves on the back and you know poo poo and wag their fingers at all the people who aren't doing the right things, all the people who don't share the same family values that they share. Because Dan and his kind, they they like to think things like you know it's Hollywood or it's the tube or or maybe even the boogeyman who is responsible for the decline in family values. anybody, anybody but themselves. They have no role in this. They just happen to have noticed it and uh, take time out of their busy lives of going to teas and playing rounds of golf and things of that nature to lecture the rest of us about the decline in family values. Well, you see, apparently life is pretty good for Dan and his family. Life is pretty good for most of the neoconservative know-it-alls in this country. Some of them are doing a little bit better than others, but by and large, most of the neoconservative know-it-alls lead reasonably comfortable lives. And Dan, judging from the picture, leads a very comfortable life. I mean, my God, he had a sweater on that probably cost more than most people's bathrooms. And he was sitting in a beautiful chair that probably cost more than most people's cars. And there was a little, uh, you know, a little description from the reporter about the house, and it, it seemed very, very pleasant, and life, life seems pretty good for Dan. You know, when life is good, it's a hell of a lot easier to have things like ethics, morals, and even values. It's a lot easier. It's not a guarantee. And if if you don't have an easy, soft, cushy life, it's not a guarantee that you're not going to have ethics and values and morals and things like that. But when life is good, it's a lot easier to have them. They come a lot easier. When life ain't so good, it takes a hell of a lot of extra effort to have them. And the sad truth of the matter is, is that some people fall short when they're constantly slapped in the face by life. Some people don't live up to the responsibility. Some people just throw in the towel and walk away when life is constantly kicking them in the gut. And one of the things that Dan and his kind don't seem to realize is that there are tens upon tens upon tens of millions of Americans who get kicked in the gut every single day in this country. It seems that no matter what they do, no matter how hard they try, no matter how hard they work, they just cannot get ahead. And most of them put up with that. Most of them make the best of it. Most of them lead fine exemplary lives. Some of them don't. And by and large, they're the people that we complain the most about when we talk about the decline in the family, when we talk about the decline in family values. It never seems to dawn on Dan and his kind that most of the people who fall into this category of, you know, wanting in family values are on the lower economic rung of the ladder. It never seems to dawn on them. I mean, as an example, we do not have. Uh, an epidemic of wealthy, upper-middle-class white girls having babies out of wedlock. We do not have an epidemic of white, upper-middle-class boys joining gangs and uh, taking part in uh, random shootings and uh, doing drugs and selling drugs and God only knows what else. We do not have a, you know, a, an epidemic of white, upper-class women in prostitution. We do not have an epidemic of white, upper-class males uh, failing to make their child support payments and just disappearing in the middle of the night. It happens. All those things happen in the upper classes, but they're not exactly epidemics. Just as a lot of the people in the lower classes lead five exemplary lives. So anyway, here's this article, this interview, really with Dan along with a photo of his uh, very comfortable home. There he is sitting in his very comfortable chair in his very comfortable home with his very comfortable expensive sweater on and it's complete with a thumbnail description of everyday life in a quail household and it seemed pretty good. It seemed pretty damn good. Dan even mentioned that a little bit later on that day, he and his 17 year old daughter will be going out to lunch together. Says that they do that often. He says it's good. Dan says that everybody should do that. And you know he's right. Everybody should. Everybody should take a Tuesday afternoon off and go out to lunch with their daughter. At a fine, decent restaurant. Sit there over a good meal and talk about life, talk about what's going on. That would be great, wouldn't it? Dan don't quite realize that a lot of people can't afford that luxury. They can't afford it monetarily, or they can't afford it in terms of the time, or they can't afford it either way. He doesn't quite seem to realize that. But Dan said it would really be great if people would take time out of their busy schedules, like he does, and go out to lunch with their daughter on a weekday afternoon. Would be great, wouldn't it? Okay, Flounder, I just want to double-check with this, because uh, I don't want to get you in trouble. I don't want to get myself in trouble. But it's my understanding that I am not required or even expected to read the liners word-for-word, word just just basically the flavor, right? Okay. Do you think Mark Larson is a pompous jerk? Yes. Mornings 9 till noon on 970 WFLA. See, yeah, that's a flavor. It's a flavor of what's there. It's not word for word, but it's close. It's close. Anyway, back to Dan Quayle. Like I said, he'd probably be a decent man to, uh, you know, live next door to. I don't think I want to party with him. That's for Dan, sure. But Dan doesn't quite understand that life can be pretty difficult. He doesn't really seem to have faced a lot of difficulties in his life. And, again, there are other things that Dan doesn't, doesn't understand. Like he and his kind of, have helped to make it almost impossible for people to do little things like go out to lunch on Tuesday afternoon with their daughters. Because Dan and his kind live the comfortable lives that they live, at least in part at the expense of the common everyday guy out there. And Dan and his kind they like to lecture about things like family values to people who can't afford family values. Anyway, Dan talked about what what a good year he had just had. How he and his wife did this, and he and his wife did that, and how he and his wife went here, and how he and his wife went there. That kind of thing. He talked about life with the kids and how good it was. It was at about that point that he mentioned the upcoming lunch with the daughter. You know something? I was in it all sounded pretty good. It all sounded very, very ideal. I don't do too bad, but I don't live that well. I don't have the kind of luxuries that that Dan has. No, I'm not talking about the the fancy-schmancy sweater. I'm talking about the luxury of being with a family all you want to be and traveling and learning together and so forth and so on. You're probably envious, too. You probably wish that you could live the same way, live the same kind of family value-filled existence that Dan Quayle and his kind live. Now, don't get me wrong. I know that you don't have to have a ton of money to have values or a good relationship with your family. I know that you don't have to uh, have lunch at fancy-schmancy joints with your kids to have good relationships with them. I know that. I'm aware of all of that. But what Dan and his kind seem oblivious to is the fact that every day, in most every way, the people who really and truly run this country, the fat cats in the boardroom, They make it harder and harder and harder and harder and harder for people on the bottom of that ladder to live in any kind of dignity, to have any kind of pride, to have any dreams, to have any hope. And like I said earlier, most of them overcome that, and most of them lead fine, decent lives. But a lot of them just cannot overcome it. A lot of them are just beaten down into the ground. And then they start doing things that the rest of us don't like. And, of course, they're criticized for it. They're criticized for not being as strong as we would all like them to be. They're criticized for not being as decent as we would all like them to be. But, strangely enough, the guys who are really responsible are never criticized. They get interviews in the paper right before they go out to lunch at a fancy-schmancy restaurant with their daughter. 7.33 is the time, about 27 minutes away from the hour of 8 o'clock. It's a jungle out there, isn't it? Oh, God, yes, it's a jungle. Do you know there are people listening to this radio show who are within arm's reach of their guns because they fear for their lives? It's true. It's true. I don't know how many of them there are. But there are people listening to this radio show who can see their guns right now or who can lay their hands on them within seconds because they're fearful. Fearful, I don't know, that the darkies are going to come get them or that somebody's going to come get them. And in some cases, you know, their fear is quite justified. And there are people out there who are afraid to go out. Afraid to go outside outside of the house. In the dark or sometimes even in the daylight it's a jungle out there there're crazy kids and crazy adults and, and 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 god all you have to do is pick up the newspaper turn on the television turn on the radio you are sure to hear stories tons and tons of stories one right after another about some type of bizarre behavior that just doesn't make any sense people stealing babies and people dumping their babies in trash cans and 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 people beating their kids and people killing each other and holy mother of God it is somewhat exaggerated but there are a lot of crazies out there there are a lot of people that just don't don't live in the same world that you live in you live in the same world that I live in like I said most people still manage to do the right thing but with Dan and his kind of actually working against them a lot of people who have given up. Every day, more people, they, they just give up. Men walk away from their families. Women throw in the towel. Walk away from their families. Kids start to catch on. that there really ain't a hell of a lot for them to look forward to in this life. And they start to behave in ways that are detrimental. Detrimental to themselves and to the community as a whole. It's a sad fact of life. It's all around us. A lot of people, I don't know, maybe most, up yeah, every miserable day of their lives, deeply in debt, trudge off the dead-end jobs that they despise, somehow get through it, come home at the end of the day, deeper in debt, with nagging wives and bitchy kids with nothing to look forward to but stupid television shows. This is the way they live their lives day in and day. Did, did you know that the average American the average American family has less than $2,500 in savings and life savings? Did you know that? Oh, my God. A lot of you have monthly mortgage payments. Hell, some of you have car payments approaching that. That's their life savings. That's all they have to show for 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years of life. 40 years of getting up every day and going out to work. Oh, sure, I oh, suppose you say that all well, they should have done without this, and they should have done without that, and they should have saved this, and they should have saved that. Of course, had they done that, then the economy wouldn't be where it is, and you know, those guys that sell VCRs and all that kind of stuff wouldn't be living as well as they're living. And you know, so It's just just one great, big ridiculous, vicious circle. It's a jungle out there. Dan sees it too. He he offered a suggestion in the uh, interview in USA Today. He suggested going to church more often. <coughs> uh-huh. And, of course, taking your daughter out to lunch. So go to church and take your daughter out to lunch. That is the solution to all of these other problems that Dan just doesn't have a clue about. Did you know that Dan Quayle sits on not one, but four different boards of directors? I, he, I, I don't know which ones. I, I don't know if they're great big companies or medium-sized companies or little companies. It didn't say. But it did say that he sat on four boards of directors. I wonder if any of them, any of the boards that he sits on, have ever spent five minutes, five minutes, discussing how their employees are able to live on what they're paid. Well, actually, I know that they have. It is very common for the board of directors to worry, and I mean seriously worry, very much about how their executives are able to live on what they are paid. As a matter of fact, most large companies literally employ firms that come in and tell them how much they should have to pay an executive for the executive to be able to live in the style to which he is uh, due. And they sit there and they debate things about the high cost of private schools, the high cost of country club dues, the high cost of luxury housing, the high cost of driving the right kind of car. They really do. I'm not making that up and I'm not exaggerating. They really and truly do. So when they pull these numbers out of the air to pay people who are, you know, senior uh, administrative uh, vice presidents and this kind of crap, there's a great deal of thought that goes into that. A great deal of thought. And the thought is the high cost of living. But they never, they never worry about poor old Johnson down there in the shipping department and how in the hell he's supposed to get by. They don't spend a minute worrying about Johnson. They never discuss the high cost of used cars or the high cost of hamburger helper. They never discuss whether or not it's possible to put away something for a rainy day on a receptionist's salary. Because they don't give a crap. And it never dawns on them that most of these social ills that we face, most of the breakdown in family values are coming out of the shipping department. And coming out of the receptionist's area. never dawns on them. They just can't equate the two. They do, of course, discuss things like the the desperate need for financial security for the top echelon of the company. How these men will do better jobs. How these men will be able to devote their time and effort and energy to the company if they don't have to worry about their own personal financial security or worry about their own future financially. But they never seem to worry about the people on the lower bottom of the ladder. They do lecture. Oh, they do wag your fingers. They do poo-poo the working class for not having the proper kind of values. It just never dawns on them that they, the fat cats, the neoconservative know-it-all crowd are really directly responsible for the decline in so-called family values in this country. I don't want to say that uh, there are people that listen to this radio station, to any radio station, who ain't too swift, but there are people that listen to this radio station and any radio station who ain't too swift, and some of those people have been sitting there now for a week and a half, saying...
1: Where's Bruce? When are we Bruce back on?
0: Well, hey there, Tiger. Bruce Williams has moved. Yes, yes, he got the boxes, put all of his, uh, you know, carts and uh, other uh, paraphernalia in the boxes, and he's moved, moved down the hall to uh, ten o'clock. So if you uh, don't want to miss him, pay attention. Try to read my lips. You, yes, you can catch the Bruce Williams show every weeknight at 10 p.m. right here on News Radio 970 WFLA. Right after me, the magnificent Lassiter. Okay, let's be honest with each other. There really aren't very many indeed any, of the type of individual that I'm talking about, these fat cats who are genuinely responsible for the uh, decline and the family and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, there aren't too many of them in the listening audience, if any. However, there are a number of their sympathizers and supporters, and I dare say that some of those people are pounding on their steering wheels and uh, shaking their little fists at the radio. Well, let's get something straight. I am not attempting to excuse people who walk away from their responsibilities. Anything uh, like that is uh, is inexcusable. I'm not trying to excuse people who abandon their values. Just trying to explain it. Just trying to explain it. There are some people in this country who have never really known a bad day in their lives. I have. I've known lots of them. I expect to know some more. So it's a little bit easier maybe for me to understand literally giving up, literally walking away. It's a little bit easier. You see, the fat cats, I never try to put themselves into the shoes of the people on the bottom of the ladder. Never. They never spend any time trying to do it. All they do is lecture. All they do is tell other people how to live their lives. I mean, as an example, there is... Utterly no indication whatsoever that an episode of Murphy Brown ever did harm to a family. The corporate downsizing has some devastated families. Tens of thousands, possibly hundreds of thousands, possibly millions of American families have been devastated by decisions made in a boardroom somewhere that seriously affected their lives. There's no indication that an episode of The Simpsons ever did harm to a family in this country, but... Corporate finagling and corporate irresponsibility and corporate maneuvering has devastated countless families. When a bean counter somewhere causes an entire division to pick up and move away, just pick up and move away, usually without even any notice. Turning its back on its people, turning its back on the community it was part of, it leaves behind shattered dreams and it leaves behind shattered families. Some of them recover and they get on with their lives. Some never do. And they're the ones that we read about in the newspaper. They're the ones that we hear about on the radio. They're the ones that we see on the television. Dan and his like have devoted their lives to stripping the common, everyday working stiff in this country of his dignity. And having accomplished that, they sit back and shake their fingers at the ugly creations that they made, and they
1: lecture them
0: Like I said, he really ain't a bad guy. It's just that his and his kind, they live in a fantasy world. They hide from reality. These big, smart, tough guys, they live in a fantasy world. The reality that they created with their short-sightedness and greed is all around them, and they hide from it. And, of course, he and his kind are never responsible for anything that's wrong. Never, ever, ever. It's always someone else's fault. And he and his kind have no responsibility whatsoever for helping to fix it. It's always someone else. Oh, well, you know, like Dan said, I think people should go to church more. like go to church more often and and take your daughter out to lunch that'll make everything all better I guess not it would hurt but I'll be damned if I can figure out how that's supposed to restore your dreams when you've had them snatched from you by some son of a bitch in a $1,500 suit sitting at a $30,000 walled desk telling you not to watch Murphy Brown because it'll ruin your life you don't have to have a few bucks in a dream to have values i have said that and I'll say it again You don't have to have a few bucks to have morals and ethics, but it sure helps because it makes it easier. At some point, all the people who live paycheck to paycheck, at some point, all the people who pull their hair out sitting at the kitchen table trying to figure out how to make it from one week to the next, are going to get pissed off. They're going to get real pissed off at overstuffed know-it-alls who write books that working-class people can't afford to buy telling them how to live their lives. Actually, that's already happened in some parts of town, hasn't it? Dan had better be real careful where he decides to go out for lunch with his daughter. Because, you know, he just might run into some people who don't go to church often enough and who watch the wrong television shows. And while they're stripping his car, they just might decide to beat the crap out of him and rape his daughter. Because they have nothing but contempt for his kind. They just might do him harm because they don't share his family values. Of course, Dan and his kind won't share the good life with them. And that's the real problem. That's the real problem. It ain't the television shows you watch. It ain't how many hours a week you spend in church. It's the too damn many people in this country won't share the good life. And then lecture the people who have the bad life for not being as filled with values as they should be. Any thoughts? Let me give you the telephone numbers, okay? Hillsboro, 990 WFLA, 990 WFLA. and Pinellas it is 461 WFLA, 461 WFLA. The GTE Mobile StarNet uh, or Star Line is 970 Star. And the Delaware Savings Toll Free Line, God, i have to start working out to get more wind to go through all these damn phone numbers. 1-800-969-WFLA. 1-800-969-WFLA. As I said at the very beginning, it was just something I felt like saying, and I don't necessarily know that, uh, you, know, uh, you know, so whatever. I'll be charitable tonight. you've got something to say on those uh, lines, great. If you don't, I'll listen to anything else. I'm a reasonable man. It's uh, 7.51. Now tonight is a very uh, bizarre night for me to have done something like this Because um, after just having uh, finished talking about the fat cats and the good life and so forth and so on There is one outrageous luxury that I I allow myself And that outrageous luxury, I I, I hate to go and get my hair cut I absolutely despise it for a whole lot of reasons But um, about how long have you been doing my hair now? About six months, something like that. Anyway, that's that's six months ago. I ran into uh, Belinda, who offered to come and cut my hair during my show, so that I don't have to go anyplace, I don't have to wait, I don't have to do nothing but just uh, you know uh, sit here and I get it done. And uh, after just having talked about the fat cats, and I'm having. Belinda cut my hair. Mm. Uh, how have you been,
2: Belinda? Was great. Okay, then, good. Uh, so the reason I'm calling is this. I, there's a flaw in your logic in what you're saying, and maybe you can explain it more, but it sounds to me like you're tying uh, social behavior with and with their uh, their economic status or it's money.
0: Most in a lot of case. cases, sure. Uh, you know, I, I also said that... i rule, though. I, you know, I also said that there are obviously many instances of uh, social behavior and uh, breakdowns in families and, and that, that really have nothing whatsoever to do with economics. But by and large, most of the people that we have concern with, most of the people that we are concerned about, are in the lower economic uh, classes.
2: That's true, but I, I don't think the fact that they're in a lower economic class precludes them from being... Moral people and acting in a moral way.
0: No, it doesn't. I most people, uh, most people, regardless of how down and out they are financially, still lead exemplary lives.
2: Well, and they're the, and I think they're the vast majority. And then there's little spikes on the curve on both sides. Wouldn't you say? On well, the big sure. dollars side as well as the people who are just living paycheck to paycheck.
0: Well, sure, Mike. But I'm I'm going to be honest with you because I have to be honest with myself. I, of course, am now at this point in my life just a model citizen. I pay my bills on time. I bring my trash cans in as soon as the guys pick it up in the morning. Uh, you know, I am, I am ethical. I am moral. Uh, because it is easy for me to be. I lucked out. Uh, life is fairly good for me, and so you know i I became an extra straight and narrow kind of guy when I could afford it
2: but i I don't think you're you're not saying that before you were uh, you you became economically successful or or, or more comfortable uh, that you're an immoral man. I mean, were you? Are you saying
0: that? An immoral man? I I don't know what the hell an immoral man is, but there were instances and
2: situations
0: situations in my life that if I could go back and relive them, I would have done things differently. And the reason I did what I did, or at least the excuse, let's rephrase that, the excuse for doing whatever it is that I did that I'm not overly thrilled with, Mm -hmm. uh, was because of various different pressures in my life, which were basically caused by economics.
2: Yeah, I, I, see what, I see what you're saying, and I I understand that. And I know that just so right now, people I've in got... desperate circumstances are more liable to do desperate things.
0: See, right now I've got something to lose. There were times in my life when I had nothing to lose. So what the hell did I care? Now I've got something to lose.
2: So yeah, I well, care. But it it's the fruit of your labor, wouldn't you say? It's true what? It's that what you have to lose is is the fruit of all your labor what what you've accumulated or what you it's the you fruit of
0: my labor and it's, all, it's the fruit of my labor and it's also the uh the benefit of my luck
2: well that's true there's i i believe luck plays a part in everything but i i just don't want i don't think i don't want to provide an excuse for antisocial behavior and say well that that's why that happened.
0: I was very it's careful to say it's not, it doesn't excuse it. It only helps to explain it.
2: Yeah, it's a part of it, isn't it, Bob? Well, I'm how, how, how do you propose to fix something like I mean, I see what Dan Quill's is trying to do, and in his own way, and only in his own way. And I, you're right, most people wouldn't buy the books. The only people that will are people that can relate to his... Right, people like like Dan. Right, people like Dan. People with eight handicaps and plenty of money.
0: Right, that have thirty bucks to uh, throw away on a book to tell other people how to live their lives. Well,
2: right, but what what is the answer? What is the answer for the other seventy-five percent of the country? And how do they? What, what, what
0: Unfortunately, sort of the answer is something. The answer, problems. the answer is something that you and I can do nothing about. The answer is for guys like Dan Quayle to realize the kind of an effect they have on the overall society and to be more responsible corporate citizens. That's think, the answer. Do
2: you think? Do you think Dan has? I mean, I don't know what kind of effect Dan has on you, but I wouldn't buy the book. I mean, I'm not economically stressed, but I wouldn't buy the book. I, I think. I, well,
0: I guess think, what? I'm going out to
2: lunch with my we're wife doing tomorrow. Damn
0: harmless. But, I'm, but I'm going out to lunch with my uh, wife tomorrow. Dan's right. Everybody should uh, go out to lunch.
2: Can I, I go? Got... Huh? Then you guys uh, guys need someone else to go with you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I got to get out of here. See you, Bob. Be good.
2: <laughs> oh, Tampa, Florida, America's next great city. Uh, Yeah, and I'm the Queen of England. It's the world-famous Bob Lassiter Show, starring the magnificent Lassiter and featuring Flounder at the controls, God helpless, and the world's most dangerous news guy, Paul Mann. And now, entertaining talk radio for the rest of the 90s, or until his contract runs out, Mr. Lassiter!
0: Anyway, she says to him,
2: "You're the last person in the
0: world I would ever go to bed with." And wouldn't know within two hours, there they were in the sack. Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry, just having a little normal chit chat with my, with my hairdresser here. Welcome back, fun seekers. We're doing the beard; it's almost through, okay? Hold on here. Oh. No, no, it's it's hair flying up in the eye. My own fault because I'm leaving my eyes open. I normally close them. Uh, Welcome back, fun seekers. Nine minutes after the hour of 8 o'clock, a uh, Wednesday, April the 10th, 1996, in Hillsboro, 990 WFLA, in Pinellas, 461 WFLA, and the GTE Mobile Net uh, Starline, 970 Star. I'll go back to the telephones. Let me reach over here. Okay. Uh, Suzanne in Largo. Hi, Suzanne. You're on the air at 970 WFLA.
3: Hi. Hi. Do you remember the grapes of wrath in the beginning where the guy's standing there with his rifle because they're taking his farm, and he says, who do I shoot? I say, well, you can't yell at the sheriff because he's just doing his duty, and you can't shoot the guy on the bulldozer because he's just doing his job, and you can't yell at the banker guy because, you know, the guy back at the home office told him to do it. And I think that's why folks at the kitchen table trying to make ends meet aren't doing anything about it because they don't know who to shoot. Well,
0: they, they, they just haven't gotten to the point yet uh, where it's time to do something about it. I was just saying, someday, someday, uh, I don't know when that day is, it might be in my lifetime, it might be in uh, you know my grandchildren's lifetime if I had some, but someday.
3: Well, did you see a guy on 60 Minutes this weekend? He studies corporate salaries. And he's been running the, the alarm bell saying the way the, the head CEO's salaries are going so out of proportion with the rest of the workers in America by the year 2010, the proportion will be as big as it was between the average guy in France and uh, the elite just before the French Revolution.
0: Well, the, the, the fact of the matter... Well, what did I do? okay. Oh, okay. The fact of the matter is is we don't have that many CEOs. And while it it really makes great press uh, to read about an Eisner when he, uh, you know, 50, 70 million dollars.
3: He's been doing kind of sort of a mediocre job. But when you add up all the stuff that AT&T gave him that last year, he's ending up with like 20 million for putting how many thousands out of work? And one of the things he did to get him his raise was to look at the salaries of the corporate secretaries and realize that they were out of proportion to other corporate secretaries, so he made them take a pay cut. Yeah. They don't get it. No, they don't. And their philosophy is like the old Protestant philosophy of, well, if they're poor, it's their fault. And now it's getting into the middle class, and the middle class is buying it. I had a sociology teacher in the 80s that said, you know... Don't be crediting women's lib for all these women making mouse noises about wanting you know equal pay for equal work. The fact is, is that now takes two to two and a half salaries to meet the same uh, level of living that one salary used to provide in the '50s. I hear guys calling in going, they're all nostalgic for the '50s. Well, yeah, but it has nothing to do with family values. It has to do with economics.
0: You yeah. know, it's funny, it's funny you should mention the 50s because I immediately thought back to growing up in Collingswood, New Jersey where, you know, when I saw the picture of Dan sitting there in his big chair with his big uh, sweater, lots of guys used to live that way in Collingswood when I was a kid and they weren't all multimillionaires, plenty stretching imagination, they were basically middle class people with mothers at home and uh, there were people that had uh, the opportunity to go out to lunch with their families from time to time, uh, just basically normal working people. That's changed. It's changed dramatically.
3: Right. So now mom and dad have to work. They think they're passing their family values on to the kids, but because they're both out of the house, the kids are spending a lot of time alone. The parents don't realize the kids aren't getting it. The kids are feeling lost and alone. They join gangs. Then mom and dad go, how the hell did that happen?
0: It's real easy, isn't it?
3: They, aren't, they didn't listen to what I said. And then translate that to the thousands of single moms out there that have to work two to two-and-a-half jobs just to keep a roof over the kid's head. And then she's told, well, the kids are bad because you have not enough time with them. Mm-hmm. It's your fault because you didn't marry their father. <laughs> it's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. And everybody's sitting there going, that's right. I'm struggling because it must be my fault.
0: Well, there's something, a little philosophy I live by, and it doesn't really make any difference how big or how small it is. I must have a dream at all times. And the dream can be something as, uh, as, as silly as uh, getting a new telescope or as uh, big as uh, retiring uh, in North Carolina in a fine log cabin or anything in between. But if I don't have a dream at all times, a realistic, attainable dream at all times in my life, I find that... Um, Uh, my life just isn't full and I find that I I lack the drive and energy to do the things that I I have to do anyway Uh, why can't other people uh, be expected to be the same way too many people in this country do not have realistic dreams
3: a lot of the children today regardless of economic level or race no longer believe in anything either because they've seen their parents get screwed Mm -hmm. Look at Flint, Michigan. You know, Mom and Dad believed the job was always going to be there. The plant was always going to be there. Life was going to go on. And then they thought Dad get it. And then Dad got to work two Burger King jobs. He loses his pension. They lose their insurance. Mom has to go to work. Do you think those children believe the line anymore?
0: Or worse yet, yeah. Dad freaks out moves to Florida in the middle of the night and doesn't tell the rest of the family.
3: That's right.
0: Uh, leaving a real disaster behind.
3: Or becomes an alcoholic or goes to drugs. And so what are the kids going to do, what they see their parents doing? When they have no hope, the country has no hope. We
0: all have a breaking point. We all have a point beyond which we, we simply cannot deal with whatever life is uh, you know, uh, handing us. And that's what's happening. Right. Church going ain't got nothing to do with it.
3: No. Well...
0: Even, even Murphy Brown has nothing to do with it.
3: Even Prejean, the, the nun that's now making uh, headlines from uh, the movie Dead Man Walking, mm-hmm. even she admits that she spent many years in the church, in a middle-class church, and her nuns did not minister to the poor. They kind of had this feeling that, well, you know, they're poor because they want to be or because they don't want to do anything with their lives wasn't until she started this ministry that she started realizing, hey, even the church has abandoned the people that need us the most.
0: You got it. Hey, thank you very much.
3: You're welcome, Bob. Keep All it right. up.
0: Bye. Bye-bye. That's not the same brush. It is not. That brush is... It's, 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 it's harsh. It's the same brush. I mean, I really used to look forward to the brushing. And it was is that better? it was so... So soft and, and, you know, cuddly, and this, this brush has a little sting to it. God. Oh that's okay. You know, it's better than not getting brushed.
1: It's
0: much better than not getting brushed. Oh, cut it out, flounder. It's the only damned outrageous luxury I allow myself. God. Let's go to, uh where the hell are we going? Let's go to uh James in Clearwater. Hi, James in Clearwater. You're on the air at 970 WFLA. Bob. Hey,
4: dude. I've missed you, man.
0: I've you missed messed...
4: me, too. The station messed up bad.
0: Yes, they did. Yeah, hey, hey. Well, these fat can't to
4: realize it's us little guys who work for them who do the work that they make their millings off of. For example, I build multi-thousand-dollar electronic monitors. This guy made $10 million last year. I never missed one day's work. You know, I was sick with a high fever, dislocated shoulder another time. Never missed one day in nearly three years. I come in, and I do the work at two, basically. I come in, hey, can you to give me a raise, never miss a day? He's like, how much you make? i like $625. i will give you 650 I'm like, where are they? Whoa. Yeah. I'm like. Oh, Mr. Deep Pockets. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't, don't rip that purse open now. Um, it's like, but I never missed a day. I dislocated shoulder. But, you know, I just told you, I told you, like, listen, it does not matter. I used to hold you in high regard. It does not matter how hard you work. You're supposed to work like a horse that's spendable, even me. If I was to die or something, somebody would come take my place. The company would continue on. No one gets more than a 5% raise. If you don't like it, you need to leave before you spread bad morale. It's like, hey, it makes me want to
0: raise. Wait a second, you got 6.25? Well, 5% raise would be more than... That's right, it'd be
4: then. about yeah. 33 cents or so. Yeah. So... You know, I guess his math is off, except for when he's counting his bottom line.
1: <laughs>
4: you know, it's like, me, I don't ask much. Like you said, you got to have dreams. My dream is, by the year 2000, get a little sailboat, say a 25, 30-footer, equipped it for offshore cruising, head off to the Keys, take up the diving. If I survive the Keys, the Caribbean awaits. If I survive the Caribbean, who knows where else I can go from there? The rest of the world? That's my dream. It's smartest. modest. I don't want two homes, a new car every month, and buy half the damn city up like he's doing and play the stock market. He's taking all his money. He's pumping into making it more and more. Pump it up. Pump it up. Pump it up. Well,
0: you know, most people's dreams in this country are to be able to pay the bills at the end of the month and have maybe 50 or 100 bucks left over. Uh, right. And that, that is a dream, and it's an unattainable dream for a frightening percentage of the families in this country. Yeah. That's all they dream of.
4: The only reason I can do that is because I'm single, I live by myself, and I haven't had a date in years. I don't go out. I stay at home. I do nothing so I can save money. I haven't seen a dentist in... It's going on two years. I, I, I made sacrifices to put that $100 a month
0: aside. Oh, God, fellow. When you get that sailboat without a tooth in your mouth, the girls are going to...
4: Oh, yes, I know. Yes. On your <laughs> yes. <laughs> of young Popeye, the sailor man. He's so relatively you young. He's got
0: a sailboat, and not a tooth in his mouth.
4: Whoa. No. Oh, no, uh, hey. Just be a this old pirate, I
1: guess. <laughs> hey, thanks,
4: dude. On memory lane here?
1: Yeah.
4: Down by wild dingos in the all which they live. His parents have been murdered. Now dingos are his kin. Dingos taught him hunting, and dingos taught him pride. Dingos made his diapers. i of to hide. Run, run, dingo boy. Run, run, dingo boy. Dingo boy. Run, run.
0: I don't have any cruise tickets. Wrong station.
4: Oh,
0: God. <laughs> Be good, dude. Nine nine zero W F L A Sparrow in Pinellas four six one W. I'm, it's not the same brush you I know it's not the same brush. Uh, four six one W F L A in Pinellas. Yeah, I had to get a new squeaky toy. Jeff stole my other one. Strawberry. 24 minutes after the hour of 8 o'clock. Welcome back, fun seekers. 970 WFL Jack Harris, a well-known walker. well known walker will walk for MS Sunday, April the 14th at Pippin Rude Stadium in Tampa. The event starts at noon, and all you have to do is walk alone or put together a team and call 287-2939 to register then. Get your pledges together and walk with 970 WF. Are you going to be uh, walking out there, Founder? He's still in Bowling. Uh, with 970 WFLA to help the Multiple Sclerosis Society from News Channel 8 and the Tampa Tribune. Let's go to a cell phone. Uh, I've got to reach over here.
2: Uh, there we go.
0: Hi, cell phone. You're on the air at 970 WFLA.
5: Yeah, hi, Mr. Lester.
1: Hi.
0: Um,
5: you've been talking about things that I think seem like you're promoting some class envy here, and I don't think you're being fair to the business owners.
0: Class envy. Yes, ma'am, that's what I'm here for, to ferment revolution. Well, you can
5: say it that way if you want, but that's certainly not what I mean. Do
0: you have any idea who and what I am?
5: What you are?
0: Yes, I'm a white, middle-aged, affluent male. It is certainly not in my best interest to ferment class envy, is it? I don't
5: know about that. I don't know what's in your best interest, but what you're saying is promoting class envy because you're talking about how... The supposed little guy isn't getting anywhere in life and he's just downtrodden, all that baloney. And
1: all that
0: baloney. Fair,
5: you're not being, you're not being fr- fair to the guys that are going out, borrowing the money, putting their butts on the line to provide jobs for people. Now, did, did
0: I say there was anything wrong with that? Did I say that they didn't deserve fair returns and good compensation and things like that? Did I say anything like that? No, I didn't. No, I didn't say anything like that at all. I don't
5: know if you did, but that's not. You don't know if
0: I did? I mean, in other words, you don't know what I said and you're going to call up and criticize
1: me for it?
5: I'm criticizing the fact that you're catering to the people that are saying how wrong and bad the business owners are because they are not being fair Well, first of all, all I said nothing not about... Bigger, big first
0: of all, I said nothing... First of all, I said nothing about business owners. I talked very specifically about basically the fat cats in board rooms. Okay, they me... are the people who really set the pace of the country. Not okay. some guy running a, a company in Clearwater who employs 25 people. He's right. dancing at the end of somebody else's string. Okay, I'll
5: give that to you. So we'll go to the fat cats that you're talking about. Uh-huh. These fat cats are the guys that are responsible for keeping that business alive so that there are jobs for those other people out there earning a wage.
1: Yeah.
5: And if, if they don't keep those businesses alive, then... Well, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll, make a d- I'll
0: make a deal with you, I'll keep my mouth shut about them so long as those fat cats who have caused many of the problems that we have in this country keep their mouth shut and stop criticizing uh, people and telling them to uh, go out to lunch with their daughters to get family values. Well, yeah, it is laughable, isn't it? It's you, absolutely you laughable. In,
5: you just tie in about three different topics into one thing. No, that's ma'am, it's exactly
0: that's... what I was talking about tonight. This has to do with an interview in the paper today with Dan Quayle, who told people that they don't have family values, that they should go to church more often and go out to lunch with their daughters.
5: Well, that might be true, and that has nothing to do with how much somebody makes.
0: Oh, I beg your pardon. It has everything to do with how much somebody makes because the average person can't take Tuesday afternoon off to go out to lunch with his daughter. Yeah, I
5: mean Tuesday afternoon, but there are there Saturday and Sunday, and then, and it may not be out to lunch. It may be out to a a public park to fly a kite or something. I think the point was just to spend some time with their kids.
0: Yeah, the, the point is people spend as much time with their kids as they're able to. Well. And they, up, people, and they don't need need people like Dan Quayle telling them how to live their lives because he has no concept as to what these people go
1: through. You
5: know, where Dan Quayle is today and where he used to be, I don't know. But I'll tell you that...
1: You don't? Don't you read a newspaper?
5: Personally, I grew up in a family that was rather affluent, and my father had lots of time... No, I
2: would have never guessed.
5: And is there something wrong with that, Mr. Lasseter?
0: No, there's nothing wrong with growing up in a family that was rather affluent. What okay, there is, so but there is that something wrong. But the
5: that
1: that up
0: up there is something. But there is something wrong family. with. But there is something wrong with having grown up in an affluent family without having made any effort whatsoever to understand the plight of people
1: who didn't. And
5: and is that what I'm doing now? I'm sorry, you're way off base, Mr. Lassiter. My point in that last comment was that. I grew up in an affluent family, and my father still didn't spend time with me because he was working so hard so that we could be affluent. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't have anything to do with whether a family is affluent or not as to whether the parents are spending time with the kids. Mm -hmm. So I just think you're off base here. And I I don't think, you know, you're adding fuel to a fire that doesn't exist anymore. I think it's ridiculous.
0: Fuel to a fire that doesn't exist. No,
5: I think people are understanding that money doesn't have anything to do with Family values, and that's what Dan Quayle was talking
0: about. Oh, I beg your pardon. It has a great deal to do with family values for some people. So you're
5: saying that people, for some people, yeah, well, for good, some people, you can make a you can make a case for some people based off anything. But well,
0: we're talking about in general. So because yeah. we're, we're not talking about affluence, we're talking about we're talking about families that have been destroyed because of economics, basically corporate economics. That have just been destroyed, where the and individuals who were within those families weren't strong enough to overcome it and uh, just there there in the is, town.
5: You know, you know what? Everybody's responsible for their own condition. And if somebody gets laid off, you know, there's certain things they can't. To, well you know you know
0: what young lady you're half there are a
5: lot of you know
0: what young there. lady you're half right everybody is responsible for their own condition that's half of the story the other half of the story is everybody is responsible for everybody else there. I totally
5: agree with you everybody is responsible
0: for everybody else I could have fooled me well I well, got to get you- out of here Of time, 25 minutes away from the hour, 9 o'clock. I don't know, I guess you seem like a nice enough young girl, although I, I, I get awfully annoyed to tell you the truth with people who honestly don't understand what the conversation is about. Everything in life is relative, okay? Everything in life is relative. But if you haven't sat at the kitchen table pulling your hair out, trying to figure out what to pay and what can't get paid this month and what now you're going to do about it, if you haven't sat at the kitchen table pulling your hair out trying to figure out how to make $35 feed the family for the whole week or less. If you haven't done those kinds of things and you don't know what I'm talking about. If you haven't opened up a phone bill and had virtual, uh, virtually a heart attack because the phone bill is so big this month, it's $82.00 that it's going to throw the entire budget out of whack, then you don't know what I'm talking about. And if you don't live every single month of your life like this, then you don't know what I'm talking about. Nobody's talking about affluence. We're talking about dignity. 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 Most people don't want gigantic fancy schmancy homes with Picassos hanging on the walls. Most people just want to be able to pay their bills. Maybe to put a little bit aside every month so that possibly if a rainy day comes, it won't be the end of the world. If they get sick, it won't be the end of the world. Or if they can make it through the next 30 years without a rainy day or getting sick, they might have a slightly more comfortable retirement. That's the dream of the average American. It's not, a, it's not an outrageous dream. And for a tremendous percentage of the people, it is an unattainable dream. And for some of those people, they give up. And they cause the problems that you and I refer to as... the family falling apart. Economics has a great deal to do with it. Not in every case, but it has a great deal to do with it. Let's go to um, Let's go to Tom Clearwater. Uh, Hi, Tom. You're on the air at 970 WFLA. Hey, Bob. How are you? I'm doing great, dude. How are you? First time calling. Well, all right. Here, let me reach for the squeak toy. There we go.
6: I have a cell phone, and I'm not asked for it, but. Anyway, I just wanted to say...
0: How could you be affluent and pay for your cell phone? I mean, come on.
6: (laughs) I just wanted to say that people think that morals don't exist. Morals do exist. It's just that if you don't have anything, you tend to bend the rules more to survive. It's not as hard to hurt anybody or deliberately do things. Mm -hmm. You do it to survive. Right. You know, I mean...
0: Or you you do things that that you and I wish you wouldn't do in order to escape. For example, you might drink too much, or you might take some dope, or you might hang around at the nudie bar. You do it to escape everyday uh, drudgery.
6: Yeah, that's to a point too, but then you're kind of defeating your purpose. Oh of course. I I, I do believe that the better you are, the better off you are, the more opportunity comes. Yes. If you're born into poverty and everything else, your opportunities aren't there. I mean, you see the young kids out there, you know, selling dope on the corner. It's quick money. Mommy can't afford it, you know, so they're doing what they have to do to survive. Not that it's right. Believe me, I know it's just
0: not right. You know, and every now, every now and then you have some absolutely deranged uh, child like a Heidi Fleiss who comes from a reasonably affluent family who still goes bonkers. <laughs> uh, and, you know, that happens, too, but you're far more likely to become a social uh, outcast and a social problem if you're from the lower economic ranks. Right. And
6: your previous caller is a prime example. You know, I mean, she has never been down there. She has never, she's been affluent. Thank God her dad had the opportunities that he had to make his life. You know, but then you have people who aren't down there, who haven't been affluent. I don't know if I'm making any sense there, but who haven't been gifted with a silver spoon, shall we say. Mm Mm-hmm. And they don't know what it's like to make opportunities or make life for themselves or set goals or anything like that. That's right. And this is a prime dilemma of this country. The people who have been down there don't know it. You know, I mean, God knows I've had outrageous phone bills, and I know I've had to take from Peter to pay Paul. You know, but I think... I always try and think that there might be a bright side, and that's not to say people... What I'm trying to say is, people who have more opportunity are people who are better off. Now, if you take, I was just thinking about this while I was on hold. The movie Trading Places, which is kind of a funny movie, and I guess there's no uh, scientific fact to back it up, but they took Eddie Murphy and made him nice and rich, and put uh, the other guy back on the street. You know, and then the guy left $200, a $100 bill, and here comes Eddie Murphy, says, "Hey, you lost this man." You know, I mean,
0: yeah, it's real easy to do, isn't it? Yeah, but $100 doesn't a, have any profound effect upon your life. It's real easy to give it back. You bet. That's but what I
6: was talking about. $100 is going to buy your groceries for your kids for the week. Hey, you lost it. You know what I mean? But that that's basically my point is that I don't think anybody truly sets out in life to be immoral or lawless.
1: But...
0: We'll go back to the telephones. This time, uh, Crossroads. Hi, Crossroads. You're on the air at 970 WFLA.
7: Raja. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder who the statue of our fat man sitting will resemble. Um, anyway, it is at the... Oh, I like it when I
0: remember what I said, especially the obscure off-the-wall crack.
7: Oh, Sorry. No, what do you mean sorry I just... <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay It is the root of all the greater ailments on the globe. Uh, the working class needs to have a dignity more than a minimum wage or a living wage. They need to have a genuine righteous equity and compensation of distribution for the profit they ally to create
0: so well, I, now you 're asking way too much
7: no i 'm asking for what 's right because, as you said, the globe is littered with the ruins of civilizations that. You know, didn't do this stuff right. By the way, the, the chick was delightful, but I'd still say off with her head. Um, but if you look, at, you know, from the Second World War on, uh, you can see, uh, well, what has obviously been a purposeful, de- you know, devalument of labor to the point where, you know, you are having, you know, two people having to go out to work just, just to have decency at home. You know, uh, the, the other thing is because. You have an exploitariat of management, owners of productions and means, and capital investments that, that have to fat aside of things, and that being the problem. And they are stealing. You know, you're always going to have somebody like Marx or Spartacus rise up and say, "Viva la Revolution."
0: That's right. Some silver-tongued devil is going to come down the street and tell these people what the hell's been going on. They're going to say, what?
7: That, that's right. And it, he's
0: going to say, follow
7: me. Uh, yeah, and and you know something? I, I'll i be so jacked by that point. I will. And I'll do things I probably wouldn't normally do. Because
0: well, of course, Muffy and I are going to set up sandbags in front of the house and shoot at you, but...
7: Uh, yeah, I know. When, you're going to be coming and, over you know, to my place. Trying yeah, and yeah, that's in Telvar, too. Uh, uh, you know... It, when you can see that the free market supply demand you know, capitalism is is a fraud, a racket, and, and all that's going on is feudalism for you know the group, but not just CEOs, but like you like you said, the people who are making the bottom line of six figures, you know, and they're they're getting that at the expense of the the sectionists and such. Uh, this is what will cause it. I I wonder if there were to be an epitaph on our ruins, I wonder what they'll say. I don't know. Charles, cousin.
0: Probably something about that. they didn't go out to lunch with their daughters often enough.
7: I'd be willing to bet.
0: Okay. Later. 990 WFLA in Hillsboro in Pinellas 461 WFLA. This time it is uh, Sam in Dunedin. Hi, Sam. You're on the air at 970 WFLA. Hello. Hi.
8: Hey, Bob. How you
7: doing? Doing great.
8: Uh, two points for you. Uh, number one, I kind of want to apologize. I talked to you last night and sounded like I had a stick up my rear. Um. want well, to apologize about that, about okay. the Nolan Brando issue. Okay. Um, and second, you know, you look back in history, and I, I've done a little bit of history, and all it's been is, is the poor being screwed and the rich getting away with it. And I, I think that that's a pattern that's, that's occurring and it's going to keep happening no matter how much our hearts bleed.
0: Well, you know, you're absolutely right. Uh, it is, it is a, it's a waste of breath to point this stuff out because it is a mistake that uh, human beings have made time and time and time and time and time again. Uh, as a society grows and prospers, there is a tendency for those who have enjoyed the genuine fruits of the society to kind of turn their backs on those who haven't. And at some point, those who have, and who greatly outnumber those who have, get really pissed off about it and do something to bring the society okay. down.
8: You're, you're right, but the same thing happens again. I mean, you look at Marx, and he attracted all the poor, the proletariat. And they uprose, and and they formed the communist regime. And, and the same thing's happening. The poor are screwed over there again, kicked mm-hmm. off, and they had another revolution. And now they're screwed because they pay too much for bread. It, it's going to happen over and over again. And I really sympathize with the callers that have been laid off and Their families have been wrecked and destroyed and they're they're sick of old rich people running their lives but it's going to happen you know america is probably the best nation to live in if you're poor
0: probably is
8: i can honestly tell you that poor people have television poor people have phones poor people have running water they don't have to go out in the backyard to use the bathroom
0: but again everything is relative my friend
8: uh it's very true
0: what the poor people lack here is the same thing the poor people lack all around the world. And televisions and telephones don't make up for it in and their and dreams.
8: And I think what you're saying about people wanting to just wanting to make ends meet, oh, that's true, people want to make ends meet. But once they do that, they want to go one level higher. They want to own that Mercedes. They want to become rich. And America allows people the opportunity to do that. Well,
0: believe why. it or not, not everybody does. Uh, you know, there are some people, yes, who can never have enough. But believe it or not, there are some people who reach a point where they say, yeah, yeah, I'm comfortable.
8: Uh, that, that, that's true, but our society is still run by money, and it always will be. That's, that's the big thing in democracy, Bob. Mm hmm. Oh, uh, well, I was going to make 100 points. point. Well, nice talking to you, Bob. Okay. All right, see you later.
0: All right, sorry you lost the point. Oh, well. Okay. Bye. Be good. Maybe tomorrow night. There it goes. Wouldn't uh, hang up on there. 990 WFLA in Hillsborough, Pinellas 461 WFLA. God, I'm so glad Belinda found me. Let's go to uh, Carrie in Clearwater. Hi, Carrie. You're on the air at 970 WFLA. Your Majesty. Yes. Oh, I
9: missed you so much.
0: Oh, I missed you too, Carrie. Um, this isn't
9: my first time calling, but it's my first time on 970.
0: Oh, well, all right. Um... A half a squeak,
9: then. <laughs> um... I wanted to tell you I missed you and about the issue. Um, My mother, she, as we're making ends meet, but every penny she saves and she saves enough money for when a rainy day comes along, she um, gives me a treat for my good grades or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm very proud of her and, you know, we're not a rich family but we're very comfortable
0: and I think that's very important yes it is it's, it's incredibly important there's something that I talk about from time to time uh, you being of the female persuasion may not necessarily be able to understand but um, for the first 40 years of my life I was basically taken care of by women uh, obviously uh, when I was a child uh, it was my mother and then when I got married uh, I needed uh, my wife's uh, income to uh, get me through when I got divorced, I still needed my ex wife 's uh, financial help uh, when I got married the second time for the first year or so, I still needed my my wife 's uh, financial help in order to be able to provide a decent, not a luxurious but a decent, reasonably comfortable, reasonably secure uh, living and Then I lucked out, oh my God, I lucked out, and tremendous things happened to me, and for once in my life, when I was in my 40s. I found out what it is like to be what I am intended to be, the provider. It's a—it's uh, an incredible feeling. It's an incredible feeling that most men in this country will never know what it is like to provide for all of their families' reasonable wants, desires, and needs, and an occasional treat. That is what is lacking in most American households today, and it's one of the reasons that men uh, have a tendency more and more often to just give up.
9: Uhhuh. And I mean, my dad holds down two jobs. And it, it's funny because I find that the, the more rich you are, the less communication and love you have in the family.
0: It can work out that way.
9: Most, most of the time from the people I've seen, the people I've met, and I I think it's sad because the economy does that to you.
0: Yes, it is. It's 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 it's, it's beyond sad. It's a tragedy. It's a uh it's it's something that is it, that's unforgivable it's unforgivable and we do nothing about it except complain that it's always someone else's fault when each and every one of us are at least in part responsible for what has happened to us
9: but i mean we we still make time to talk or to go out to lunch or something like that i mean we're equal on communication and money-wise
0: well again as i said in my monologue uh you know it, it is still very possible To be poor or to be just barely making it and still have family values and still have time to do the right thing, and most people do. It's just that it's harder. It is so much harder when economics are a major everyday disaster and hassle in your life and in the family's life. It just makes it that much harder, and more and more people are, are overwhelmed by it, and more and more families are falling apart because of it.
9: Yeah, and even though, I mean, both my parents work, I still have morals, and I already know what I'm going to do, and even though I'm not going to make a lot of money.
0: Yeah, what are you going to do?
9: I'm going to be a journalist.
0: A journalist?
9: Yeah.
0: Oh, my God, that's, that's, that's worse than being a used car salesman in the eyes of most people. <laughs>
9: that's what my dad does. Oh, it is? <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be an editorialist, so. It's oh. not, not going to make a lot of money, but, you know, it's what I want to do, and I'm going to get by, and... If if I'm happy, then that's what counts.
1: Hey, Oh, Harvey
0: does okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, Carrie, all the luck in the world to you.
9: And, hey, you're my mentor to me. I respect everything you're for.
0: Thank you very much. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Let us do uh, Charlie in Riverview. Hi, Charlie. You're on the air at 970 WFLA.
10: Hey, how you doing?
0: Doing great.
10: Well, that's good. Well, let me me just say that uh, a lot of the things that you say I don't necessarily agree with, but uh, today I have to agree with you 100% as far as uh, that money has uh, definitely become the driving force in this country and and that uh, the uh, board of directors and CEOs of large corporations have... uh, have really gotten out of hand, and really there's no regulation against it, but uh, they've basically...
0: uh, Nor can there be, nor should there be, by the way. Excuse me? Nor can there, nor should there be any kind of regulation against it.
10: Well, yes, I'd agree with that also. I mean, uh, government governs least, governs best, Uh, and there certainly doesn't uh, need to be any kind of regulation in that level, but uh, the thing is, is that the people who work for these large corporations whether they're downsizing or whether they're uh... uh... uh just laying off or or cutting salaries it, it, it's basically driven by the board of directors because the less that they pay them the more that they get and that's the cycle that that a lot of these large corporations are in mm-hmm. and uh... if they can turn around and and uh... get an extra million and a half or whatever bonus or $2 million bonus, uh, they're going to go for it because well, they're bettering themselves. I mean, it's all self-serving.
0: Well, it's, in, it's very, very common in your larger companies for them to spend hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars to bring in consultants to set executive pay scales and executive pay levels. And one of the major criteria in establishing that pay scale is how the executive has to live. They never, ever, ever, ever think about Johnson and the shipping department and how in the hell he's supposed to live.
10: Well, like you were saying before, and, and really. Charlie,
0: honestly... Let me break in here. Do you want me? Uh, I got a break for the news. You want to go on hold? Sure, will. Okay, let me put you on hold. We'll continue the conversation when we come back. Don't venture very far.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Lasseter!
0: Report out to the stars. Would I be risking my paycheck if I offered to bet that you had written that? I didn't think I would be. So you're sure they vacuum in here after the show, right? Okay. That never dawned on me, you know. Spivey used to complain unmercifully when I had a haircut over there, but I didn't care, you know. I don't want to do that to Jack and Ted and everybody else. Mm -hmm. It's uh, seven minutes after nine o'clock. Welcome back, third final hour for this Wednesday, April the 10th, 1996. We left Charlie dangling in Riverview. Charlie, you still there? You bet. Okay.
10: I wouldn't miss it for the world. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, uh, like we were saying before, I worked for a very, very large uh, pharmaceutical company. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked there for about ten years and got to see a lot of the uh, management style in action, and, and uh, it was it was quite disturbing. I mean, I was, I still work for a very large corporation, but not the same one. But uh, the style is is uh, it's all the same, I believe, at least, in these large corporations. I'll give you a factual example. Uh,
0: sure, the style is the same because the teaching is the same in our business schools. That's where these guys learn this kind
10: of crap. I believe that. I honestly believe that. And uh give you a good example, there's a very large bank uh, in New York uh, who, to their officers... And upper managers, uh, they provide a cafeteria in which the employees during their lunch hours can go down and, and uh, have uh, lunch. And for the officers and the uh, upper managers, it, it doesn't cost them anything. But for the secretaries and the clerks and everyone else in this huge high-rise, uh, they're not able to uh, have this luxury.
0: I know. It's always that way. It's always that way. That, that it's one thing that has always astonished me.
10: And, and it's amazing. I mean, the,
0: the more money I make in this business or have made in this business, the the more perks I also get, like free insurance and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, where the you know the poor slob making the thirteen thousand dollars a year has to pay for it.
10: Right. Right. And and that's the thing. Uh, the more money you have, of course, the more money you don't have to spend. Because if you go, these large uh, corporations that send their officers and, and uh, directors around the country and they go and they stay in these hotels for $300 a night and, and order a bowl of potato chips for $8 a bowl and all that, it's because it's not their money. They're not spending their money. They're spending someone else's money. And in essence, they're spending the money of the people who really should get it, who are down... In the trenches, where the money's actually being made in these corporations, and not sitting up in an ivory tower, uh, looking down and saying uh, "Geez, you know the the bottom line isn't looking so good. I think we're going to have to uh, cut back the raises this year Well,
0: it would be very naive and very stupid to say that it, it is uh, not the job of the guy running the company to make sure that the company stays alive to make sure that the company turns A fair and reasonable profit so that it uh, can maintain its uh, position in the market and, you know, ta-da, 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 and keep the people employed. It would be very foolish and naive to say that that is not his number one job. It is his number one job and priority. However, what we have done in this country, basically in our business schools, and of course now all of these people are out running companies, is we have taught management to deliberately go out of their way to not think of the rank and file as human beings, but rather as plug-in modules or commodities or whatever it might be. That, uh, you know, uh, the job of answering the telephone has a certain worth. And because there are 15 people that can do it, therefore the uh, worth of the job is less. Uh, without any consideration as to how the person who answers the telephone is supposed to survive yeah
10: exactly
0: because and that person isn't a person that person is a receptionist exactly a telephone they're, they're, answerer. It's the
10: function not not the person right the function is what they look at
0: however the executive he is a person and we oh, must yeah. consider well, his needs his housing his uh, transportation uh, the cost of his uh, children's schooling uh, whether or not uh, he is able to save uh, for his comfortable retirement, all of these things are seriously taken into consideration when establishing executive pay. Exactly. It, it's it's wrong and it's going to come back and bite somebody on the ass someday.
10: And the scary part about it is, when you were referring to uh, Mr. Quayle, uh, the funny part about it is, is that he is typically typical, at least in my experience, he is typical of upper managers and vice presidents. Yeah. He is, his thinking is very typical
1: very
0: far removed from the real everyday world that most people have to live
10: in because when when they say something, it is much easier to say it than to do it and and when they ask the lower ranks to to uh, something, whether it be to work a couple extra hours or, or whether to uh, increase the uh, output. It's an easy thing to say, but they really don't want to get down there and look to see what's happening down there. Because, frankly, at, at least in my opinion, I don't think they care. I really don't think they care at all.
0: Well, Charlie, let's end it on that note. All right. Okay?
10: All right. Good talking to you.
0: Thanks for holding. Let's go to uh, Daryl in Tampa. Hi, Darrell. You're on the air at 970 WFLA.
11: Hi Mr. Lassiter. Hi Daryl. First I would like to say that I respect you. And um uh, I have listened to you for a very long time. I called you, I believe about one time when I, I could on the other station. Uh-huh. But um basically I don't understand. I was listening to the young lady when she was talking to you. It sounded like she was talking to you on a cell phone. Yes,
1: but she I'm, was.
11: Yeah, I'm not, you know, making a big deal. You know, you can afford a cell phone, you can afford a cell phone. Um But my thing is, how can you not equate family value and, you know, paying people, you know, a decent wage? Um, And I want to talk about what you were saying about Mr. Quayle. um,
1: Well, Darrell, let me
0: answer your question. I'll tell you how you can can do that. You can do that because you don't spend any time thinking about it. I mean, I, I doubt that you spend much time thinking about the problems, and there are problems, by the way, of being affluent. Um, so you, you don't particularly worry about their problems. Uh, but
2: it doesn't hurt
0: them that you don't worry about the problems of affluence. It does hurt people when the affluent do not think about the problems of the people who are not affluent. hurts them very much. Yeah.
11: Um, I, I just wanted to basically tell you something, and, and I was hoping that you might, you know, still be listening. You know, I, I, I work as a courier. Mm-hmm. And, you know, about last year, uh, you know, we had a lot of storms coming out of, uh, you know, the Atlantic, Ocean uh, hurricane.
0: Tell me about it.
11: Yeah. And, and it uh, drove me out of here. <laughs> one of those hurricanes happened to cross the state, and, and, and basically the eye crossed over around Brooksville. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, our company, uh, we, we haul medicine, basically, for a, a another major company. You know, if I told you the name, which I won't. Uh, you would know who they are, you know, instantly. But uh anyway, you know, it was uh, an option given to us, you know, because basically the storm really wasn't that bad and he hadn't closed the bridges down. So, you know, me and a whole bunch of other drivers, some called in and said they didn't want to do it, you know, which was understandable. We went across the bridge and, you know, we got our stuff. And, uh, you know, it was hectic going across that bridge. Uh, to Howard Franklin, you know, I could barely go over, You know, uh, uh, basically 30, but basically uh, I got my medicine and my stuff and I hauled, you know what, up 75.
2: I remember that day very well.
11: Right. Going to Brooksville. Mm -hmm. I mean, those trees were like bending. I mean, fat pine trees bending to the south. Mm -hmm. And I basically hugged behind a uh, semi-tractor trailer going to Brooksville. there wasn't basically anybody else in that area except you know state troopers that were out there doing I guess doing their duty and you know those stores that were open and you know I made my deliveries and and the weather really was you know pretty bad my you know boss told me at one of my stores this is getting too bad you know I'm just going to turn you around I was going to turn around anyway if it was too bad but um basically I'm saying this for that young lady You know, a lot of us drivers did that, you know, for that company. And, you know, it's our job, you know, to do, and I I like doing this kind of job. But, uh, you know how they rewarded us this year? They took away our time card, and basically we're not getting paid for by the hour. They changed our pay structure. Uh, we're being paid by the route. And then immediately what they started to do was they cut stops from our route. That's how we were rewarded for that. Do you know how I feel about the management of this
0: company now? I can well imagine.
11: I don't think she gets it.
1: No, she doesn't.
11: I mean, where is the, you know, it it sounds like an old cliche, capitalism with a conscience. And to Mr. Quayle, you know, I'm a Christian. You know, and I don't hear people like Jerry Falwell and Pat Robinson and um, forget Pat Buchanan, but you know... 1 John chapter 3, verse 17 says, But whoso hath this world's good, meaning things, money, mm-hmm. and see if his brother have need, and shutteth up the bowels of his compassion from that person who hath need, then the apostle asks the question, How dwelleth the love of God in him? You know, I don't understand people, you know, who claim that, well, they ought to go to church i don't get it see i'm i'm kind of like you probably be the first this probably be like the first time you probably ever heard that i'm a christian that i basically uh believer and, and agree with a lot of things that you say so no, you know cause like if i had a hamburger stand I talk and about if I had the resources, I would pay those people like $11 an hour.
0: When I talk about religion in, a, in a, uh, a less than complimentary light, I'm talking about the hypocrites, dude. I've never tried to talk anybody out of their belief in God. I've never tried to talk anybody out of their uh, affiliation with a church. I've only tried to talk people out of their hypocrisy.
11: And see, I, I understand exactly what you, say, what, what you said when you said uh, you read the book. Think about it.
0: Yo, that's the part of the book that I read.
11: You see what I'm saying? How can you say that you're a part of uh, what Christian Coalition, and I know that's not the subject tonight, but I mean, how can you say that you hold these type of, what family values? Are the, uh, Is that a part of the family values that are being espoused across this country? Are those a part of the family values that you are hearing from talk shows across this country?
1: Well,
0: you see, guys like Dan Quayle and, frankly, guys like me and a lot of other people in all different kinds of uh, stations in life and and positions in life are very, very, very concerned about what we see going on in the world. Uh, We're very concerned, as I'm sure you're very concerned. You know, you sound to me like a decent, hard-working man.
11: You, you, You basically made me start reading my paper, and I say that to my shame. You, listening to your show and to some others is basically let me go check this stuff out you know is, 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 is what this guy is saying true maybe I need to check this stuff out because she basically said you're, you're promoting class envy yes you heard the story I just told that's a true story you know are we promoting class envy
4: or are you just telling the truth
0: no you see it's um, I'm not calling for the little guy to rise up I'm calling for the big guy to realize what in the hell he's done <laughs> And that he's going to end up cutting off his own nose to spite his face. See, I'm I, trying to save the big guy's ass.
11: I know. I'm going to say this, and I know you got other calls, but I want to briefly say this. I, I grew up in a home. My mother, she went to college. She went to then cookman College. My father was a truck driver. We grew up in a home. We didn't grow up in a project. But, you know, I don't feel that it's my place to tell somebody who grew up in a project that you need to do blah, 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 and you need to do this. I want the conditions to be such that those individuals you know can rise from where their states are, and if I can help them, I will help them that 's not being a bleeding heart that's saying i don't want the conditions to get so bad that somebody want to come by my house in my neighborhood and want to pop a you know bullet through my window because they live in a house and i'm tired of being beat down and I'm just going to shoot at the first thing that's going to relieve this pain. I understand exactly what you're talking about. I don't want the peasants to rise up either.
1: You're here.